Lineup. Lineup. Locked. Locked. Where every day is Sunday. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Are you ready for some football? Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and find us on Facebook and YouTube. Now, get ready. Ready? And lock it in. It's that time. Time to lock it in. Welcome to Lineup Locked. I am Zach, as always, here to bring you everything trending in fantasy football. Got another excellent pod scheduled for you all today. We have Lee and we have Matt on the line. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. We are going to discuss wide receivers uh, 16 through 40. I'm sorry, 26 through 40 today. And we're going to talk about some trending in Roto and just a couple other things that are going on around the world. So uh, 4th of July just came and passed, and it's 4th of July weekend right now. So how was you guys uh, 4th of July? We'll start with Mine you, Lee. Mine was good. Mine was good. I um, hung out with the family all day, and then we saw a concert on the river. I live in um, New Jersey, right near Philadelphia, so like on Cooper River. You can see the city. The place where it all began uh, it was good. Sweet. Did you climb a telephone pole to uh, listen to the concert? No, dude. They're, they're greased still. <laughs> they, still they still have them greased for the Philly. Uh, nice. Well played. Well played, Philly police. What uh, <laughs> What did you uh, – what concert did you see? It was um, the Guess Who. Okay. I don't um, know what yeah, that is. They were good. They're like, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar. It's like an old classic rock band. I wasn't super familiar yeah, yeah, yeah. with them, but. Oh, gotcha. So they're like a cover band? I just thought you were being a smart ass. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought we were playing a game all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> clue. No, <for> <laughs> it was Colonel Mustard in the library with a pitchfork. <laughs> all right. So, Matt, how was your fourth, my man? Oh, it was great. Uh, just kind of hung out with the fam and then uh, the wife and kid. Went down to visit wife's family yesterday morning, so I just hung out with them most of the Friday to get ready to be a bachelor. This, weekend. yeah, you you said your wife and kid uh, offline is they're out of town, huh? So you're uh, in the house all by yourself. Yep, just living it up. It's Doing funny. The heck I want. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny being a married man because you think it's awesome. You're like Tom Cruise in that one movie, Risky Business, for like half a day, and then you're like. I don't want to look at myself in my underwear. I need to put some pants on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so my Fourth of July was pretty, uh, pretty good. Uh, the wife and I actually, the the kiddos went with their granddad. So we did. We're lucky. We're in like a small town in Dallas a little bit, Wiley. Uh, so they do their like right, the neighboring city, Saxy, does their fireworks actually on Wednesday night, the day before. So we actually took the kiddos out and uh, snuck some beer in, and we watched the fireworks show. And then uh, the kids went with their granddad on the 4th, so my wife and I actually binged watched Stranger Things and Grilled Hamburgers. So I finished I finished season three, and it was really solid. Are you guys fans of the show at all? Yes, I am. Nice. I, I am as well. Have either one of you started uh, episode or season three yet? 
No, the wife would be mad if I watched it without her, so. Oh, gotcha. Well, Lee, it's it's going to be funny because I imagine you're going to like it. I know my kiddos apparently have started it and they dug it. And I know that there's an age gap with Lee and uh, Matt and I. And Matt, it is straight up like there. It, a lot of it takes place in a mall. There's like a Sam Goody oh, there, wow. and it's it's straight up yes. like it takes place in '85. So I was only three, so it's not like I know a lot. But yes. a lot of those things kind of carried in the late '80s, early '90s. <laughs> it's it's just like all the episodes, super nostalgic, but it's good. Yeah. It's it's very. It's only eight episodes too, and they're about fifty minutes a pop. So it's oh, it's wow. a little shorter than uh, the last couple seasons. But uh, I've really. Really, really, really liked it. And I will not spoil anything for our listeners or for you guys, but it's it's good. They they continue to push out the content. You know, people hated Game of Thrones and are so upset with the way it ended, and are so upset with everything just in general. But this was just they stuck to the formula, they did their thing, and they did good. And it's it focuses on being crazy teenagers, like the hormones start driving you up the wall, and you're not as good friends with this person as this. It's storytelling is pristine. You guys and our listeners will definitely enjoy it. So before we get started with football, I always have two things that I scurry the interweb for to try to find because I'm a, I just, I, maybe I spend too much time on the internet is what it is, but I have two stories that I want to share with you guys. So I, I know that you both are probably aware because it's a thing that there's a such thing as Instagram models these days. Like, literally, they gain, like, such a following, I guess they get paid because they have so many followers, kind of like YouTube. If you get a certain amount of hits, people start to check you out. Well, this cosplay Instagram model sells her own bathwater online to thirsty gamer boys, and it sold out in two days. What? (laughs) That is ridiculous. How thirsty are they? (laughs) I... Well, it, <laughs> Lee, this is closer to your generation than Matt and I. So, yeah. do you care to care to comment about this at all? I cannot speak for the gamer boys who bought the bathwater, um, but good for her for uh, marketing herself. I don't know. That's all yeah. about all I got. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of her. She she is a nice looking lady. So good for her. She has pink hair in one of the pictures, and she's holding a pink Xbox controller. I, I appreciate the fact that she was able to make that work. You know, I my Xbox controller is black, so I can't make that work at all. I have brown hair, but uh, it's but uh, her name is British Belle Delphine. She's 20 years old. She describes herself as a gamer girl. She took her Instagram account on Tuesday to reveal she was selling her gamer girl bathwater for $24 a pot. Oh my gosh, what a racket. What's what's the measurement? A pot? Yeah, a pot. I don't know, like, uh, yeah, a pot. (laughs) Like, what what constitutes as a pot? I wonder if any of our listeners would want to buy our bathwater. Is that going too dark with it? Man, I would would pay people to take my (laughs) bathwater. Yeah, here's $4 for my water. Please take. <laughs> she has four million followers by sharing racy cosplay pictures online. So not only is she got quite the following, she's selling her bathwater as well. She she's says, on LinkedIn is an entrepreneur, I'm sure. And then her her quote <laughs> is, uh, "I'm not going to sit here and act like being a female is the easiest thing in the entire world. They give birth. They have." Female issues. We won't get too much into detail there. And uh, I'm sure there's only other hard things they have to deal with, too. 
but at least from where I'm standing, the grass does appear to be pretty darn green on their side of the fence. <laughs> yeah, I, when it comes to stuff like that, you're like, well... You know, I, <laughs> normally when I see stuff like this, I'm like, this person, this person's got quite a view. I should follow them. My wife would probably karate chop me if I followed this lady. <laughs> if, if I'm Fair on my point. phone on Instagram and she sees this, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, for the unmarried, feel free to give uh, British Belle Delphine a follow. And uh, if, if, if you if your if your water gets turned off, at least you know where you can get some, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so story story two for everyone is <laughs> this woman is very upset with her boyfriend. So she, I guess he went to the bathroom or, or something, but she paid for dinner with his credit card and tipped the waitress $5,000. <laughs> so if she would have just started selling her bath water, everything would be happy. Everybody would be happy. Right? I mean, you got to think one, one bath has got at least eight pots of water in it, probably. I, you know, all statistics are made up on the spot. That was made up, but I'm just going to throw yeah. it out there. You can make, she can make that in two weeks. Tell me they were at like a Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's see. <laughs> a New York woman. <laughs> he refused to buy her a return plane ticket to New York. So apparently she went oh. to go visit him and he wouldn't fly her back. Wow. Idiot. <laughs> That is I mean, unacceptable. Probably shouldn't victim blame. But and apparently he called the police on her. <laughs> they don't say what it the is, restaurant it is. It is five grand. That's, that's quite a lot. That is all, that's more expensive than a plane ticket. I mean, you could go. You could fly to Hawaii and back the day of for cheaper than that, probably. Yeah. Wow. Well, and they don't say the restaurant, but I'm going to believe that it was a Waffle House down here in Texas or, or an IHOP. Yeah, yes, somewhere like that. That's even better. Like the meal was We're like five thousand, just makes zero sense. The meal was three dollars. They they just ate chips and salsa and had two waters somewhere. I really hope that's the case. Oh man! Well, <laughs> well, it's time for trending in Roto as always. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com, our brand new fantasy football website where you, the fan, can create your own set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcasts, and more. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with our site experts completely free for 2019. For more, follow us on Twitter, at CreatorRank, and check us out on Facebook and YouTube. So, gentlemen, I, I am blessed enough to have both of you on here with me, and you are writers for the site. And man, there's been some awesome content coming out this last really week to ten days. It's phenomenal. Uh, Lee, you just dropped that article that we were talking about on the last pod, right? Yes, sir. And it's got quite the following, quite a bit of hits, huh? So good for you, man. Congrats. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, so, gentlemen, real quick before we do get started with the football, let's let everybody know our Twitter handles if this is their first time listening so they know where to find us. So, uh, Lee, what is your Twitter handle, sir? I'm at Dynasty Dingo. And Matt? At Matt Reller, just my name. And it's M-A-T-T-R-E-L-L-E-R, correct? You got it. All right, perfect. And then I am at Chew on Sports. Uh, I talk probably the most variety of sports. I'm kind of a hoops head as well. Speaking of hoops, 
Have you guys been paying attention to Kawhi Watch at all? Wow. Holy oh. potatoes, right? Wow, yeah, wow. I woke was... up to that news. Crazy. Yeah, like last night was a great night in sports. So you had Zion's debut, uh, which was <laughs> that dude was dunking all over the place. Crazy. Yeah, it, an earth, that was a there was an earthquake in LA during the game, so they had to postpone it. Mm-hmm. And then, did you see the video that's trending online? Apparently, there was a live news show in LA that went on during the earthquake, and the woman live on air went under the desk. <laughs> like she's sitting, she's sitting right next to her co-host guy, and she just like like grabbed his arm and then like looked looked left and right and then climbed under the desk. It's uh, interesting. And then uh, so a lot of bad water under there. <laughs> yeah. So Kawhi chose the Clippers, which everyone thought has been out of it since like Monday, probably. And uh, the Paul George trade, like Oklahoma City apparently is going to try to trade Russell Westbrook now or Steven Adams oh. and it's blow the whole thing up. And the good for OKC for moving on from it because they got four first round picks and they got that that kid shy from the Clippers who is a freak. He's got like a seven three wingspan as a guard. Like he is crazy. So, so the Clippers are going to win the championship. I'm calling it right now. There's no way that anyone's going to play defense against these dudes at all. You've got Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Patrick Beverly. You've got Montrezl Harrell on the bench. Like you're going to, no one's going to be able to score on these guys. It's going to be wild. Who's the better Los Angeles team? Uh, well, the more complete team right now is certainly. Uh, certainly the Clippers. I mean, you've only got six people now. On I mean, Danny Green spurned my Mavs to go to the Lakers, which is what I predicted. Uh, honestly, I mean, if you if you if you can choose LeBron and AD or Porzingis and Luca, regardless of what the upside is for those two dudes, you're going to probably choose. You know what I mean? You're going to choose the two veteran. Just I mean, they're proven, right? And then they had they got McGee, McGee. So there's only like seven people in the Lakers right now. The Clippers have a Full squad. I mean, they were in the playoffs last year with 48 wins and pushed the Warriors to six games, and now they just added those two? Yeah. Yeah. Man, they're, they're, it's going to be a fun – NBA is going to be fun last year. And, and Lee, your Philly, your Sixers did good, bro. I like I like what they picked up for Jimmy Butler, man. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they're ultimately better for it. Maybe a little bit smaller of a title window with Horford, you know, being a little older. But – Ultimately, we got better. We got deeper, which is our biggest problem, like throughout the playoffs and throughout the season. So, uh, I, you know, we're I think we're favorites in the East right now for sure. Especially with the Toronto news, that Josh Richardson's a low key baller too, my man. If you don't know a lot about him, he is he is very very good defender too. Exactly. Yeah, I, I did some research about him, and like I kind of knew him beforehand. But yeah, he's a good a good piece to pick up for Butler. Yeah, for our listeners, I play fantasy basketball as well, and I'm probably. I'm I'm really somehow too good at fantasy sports. It's kind of scary to me. Like in fantasy baseball, for instance, I'm the uh, fantasy baseball. I am literally the Buffalo Bills of fantasy baseball. I've made the championship the last four years and lost. Like I don't even know how that's a thing, but it's happened. <laughs> like every every year. But and in basketball, I'm always always right there too. But I know these Josh Richardsons and some of the the ca- the players a casual fan might not know because I know the stats and and, and how that goes. So. But yeah, it's been a been a fun, crazy week in the NBA. That's for sure, man. All right, so on to football, gentlemen. We're gonna do trending in roto, which, like I told, this is one of my favorite segments, man. I love just hearing the news or noise and, and hearing kind of all three of our opinions on stuff because 
I think that it's just gold and it's really going to just fuel the fire for our listeners so that they can make smart decisions when it's draft time or trade time or whatever that is. So uh, first off, we're going to talk about Terrell Pryor. Okay. The headline is Pryor facing uphill battle for roster spot. No question mark, no exclamation point, just a statement. So we're going to start with you, Lee. Uh, news, noise, or irrelevancy? Yeah, I was going to say like irrelevancy. I mean, he had that one really good or decent half season with the Browns, and then he just could not put together another one. So until he like gets on the field and shows that he can produce as a wide receiver, doesn't matter to me. What about you, Matt? Totally agree with everything just said. <laughs> All right. So cosine. I like it. I'm going to go, for me with Terrell Pryor, I'm going to tell all of our listeners to watch him. I'm going to make a bold prediction that he makes the roster, and I'm going to make an even bolder prediction that if you play in a standard league, he might be a sneaky good ad here in free agency. And the reason why is I'm looking at Nick Foles. Terrell Pryor has a – would you guys agree that Terrell Pryor has a similar body to Alshon Jeffrey a little bit? Kind of just – Real broad, jump ball, red zone kind of guy. So I'm thinking that yeah, he won't. Yeah, I'm not thinking that he'll do. I'm thinking D.D. Westbrook, that's my guy personally in, in the backfield there. But I'm thinking as a situational second flex or whatever, if he makes the roster, it might there might be some touchdown upside there. So that's just, that's just me. It could be totally incorrect. But that's something I'm not telling you to draft him. I'm just saying keep an eye on the guy. Uh, I think that. The ta- he's shown the talent is there. Let's just see if he can get in a system and make it work. And he hasn't been able to do that, quite frankly. So, no. it, But I, I think just watch it, just in case. So we'll see. All right, up next is uh, Chris Herndon, the tight end for the Jets. Herndon's focused on film, feels more prepared. News or noise? We'll start with you, Matt. I go a little more noise on this report just because, good, you're a second-year player. You should be doing this. <laughs> okay. Right. What about you, Lee? Um, yeah. Noise. I think you should be studying how to not get suspended for the first two, two games of the season. <laughs> um, that would be nice. I liked him before that. I still kind of like him in fact, like as like a later-on sleeper, but that kind of stinks. Shots, so, yeah. shots fired, man. Did he like not like your latest Instagram post, Lee? Is that what's going on? What happened? <laughs> He didn't pay you for your bathwater? Is that what's going on right now? No, these NFL players, they've got all this this talent, and they've got you know this great opportunity, and sometimes they can waste it. Yeah, I I agree. I think some rookies underestimate exactly what the leap is and what the speed of the game is. And I think the the rookies that do the best are the ones that understand the the off-the-field part of the game. The study in the film, they understand how obsessed they have to be with perfecting every aspect of their craft. Their craft, excuse me. And this probably makes sense because he came on towards the end of the year, and it was kind of irrelevant before that. Is he kind of started to fill it out? So I go with news because apparently he's waking up and smelling the coffee, which means that he can be what uh, I think all of us are hoping is a late round tight end target. But yes, you were correct. He should have been doing this already, and shame on him, and shame on the Jets, quite frankly. For not right. making him f- be prepared, I, I feel that's kind of part of it, you know. 
Real quick point on Chris Herndon. With that two-game suspension, what I would do is not draft him, and then, like, week two, add him off the waiver wire. Right. Like, as soon as on week two, like, that, like the week before. That week so, before, right. yeah. I agree, and we'll see. There's not a hundred. We're not 100% sure that he's even going to be suspended yet because the NFL makes absolutely no sense. So, <laughs> But if it does happen, that's what I would do. Right. I like it. Okay, John Ross is next. Uh, John Ross is trying to reinvent himself. Heck, he even changed his number. Uh, we'll start with you, Matt. Uh, do we care? <laughs> I don't unless like it becomes something. Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green still there. So how valuable is the third wide receiver in Cincinnati? I don't know that I care enough. <laughs> what about you, Lee? Yeah, it's definitely he, like definitely a guy to monitor. Like if he actually does something in practice, or if he looks better than he has, and if he's healthy, because you know with that speed, you you're, you're always going to have upside, like just as a deep threat and like a guy who sure. make plays. So just something to monitor, I guess. All right, with, with me with John Ross, he's certainly man. He has the home run ability. It's just not happened. Period. Like at all. This is something that not even. I wouldn't even add him if he had a blow-up week, I don't think. I don't think he will give you – it's a week-to-week league, and I think you're going to always be chasing points with a guy like this. Yeah. It'll be kind of like Albert Wilson last year where he's a hot waiver ad and then does nothing, and then he's dropped and then does something. Then he's an ad and does something. So I think that right. John Ross is something to totally – you're probably going to regret if he's in your lineup. And once again, we'll readdress this on our waiver episodes later in the year if it's a trending thing that happens more than one week. Uh, Zeke is next. Ezekiel Elliott. NFL informs Elliott he will not be suspended. I think we all agree this is definitely news. He is my RB2. Uh, gentlemen, what are your thoughts? We'll start with you, Lee. Uh, I don't know. In, in redraft, yeah, like I'll take him probably one, two, three, or four. But if I'm in Dynasty, a Dynasty startup, like the dude worries me so much. Like he always seems to be in trouble. And one day it's really going to bite him in the ass. I'm not sure if I can say that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I, will, I will allow it. You can say S. I will I allow it. It might bite him in the ass one day. <laughs> What do you what do you say, Matt? I think it's noise. No, uh, <laughs> it's definitely news. Um, I think for this year, as Lee mentioned, it's obviously good because you know he's going to be there. But he is one of those dudes that you always have to kind of watch the news and just make sure he's not popping up in there too much. As a Cowboys fan, that's got to frustrate you that he just hasn't found a way to do that in. What is it? His third, fourth year? Well, it's it's interesting because as you both know, and as our listeners know at this point, that I am a Cowboys fan and live in Dallas, so I'm very plugged into what's going on with my teams, uh, as you guys can tell, just with my my constant Mavs tweets, probably the last week <laughs> that I've been flooding your timelines with. Um, so Zeke's not a very good person. Like he's be he's trying. But there's so many, like, I have a couple younger friends and uh, or single friends that are big into the club scene still, and they go to what we call Uptown here in Dallas, and they run into Zeke, and just, he's not a pleasant person. Like, get away from me, and, you know, there's, I, I, I've not heard one positive story about a run-in with Zeke, honestly. Yikes. Now, 
during the off during this off season, I haven't heard any one negative thing. Period. Besides this, though, um, I know that there's a, a kid who passed away, and I for, gosh, forgive me for my, not remembering where it was at, but he paid for the funeral. He actually went to the funeral uh, at the Stars game when the Stars were in the playoffs this year. Uh, all the Cowboys would go onto the home games and support uh, the Dallas Stars, which is really cool, by the way. Like they were all in the box, Dak, Zeke, all of them, and they weren't drinking. They were just there to support and hang out with the kids and stuff. A kid got hit with a puck, and Zeke went and took a picture with him. And you know, it was he he he's really 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 been trying. Like I've heard nothing but positive things, which has been different. Which is the reason why this was. Which is the reason why this was so crazy. But that's the issue: is that he's trying, but his nature is that of not that right. Like I'm not right. saying that he's a bad person, but I'm saying that the hot-headedness, the short-temperedness that seems to be kind of his nature. So Lee is correct in like dynasty-wise, like man, I'm just waiting for the next thing. And I think I want to say he's going to mature and get smarter. I just I just don't know. I know he's got a girlfriend now, so he's not clubbing quite as much, which is good. But he's just yeah. it's just a t- ticking time bomb thing and. Something I want our listeners to pay attention to is that I still think Zeke is, you know, I'm not an, I'm not, I'm not the expert. I don't do the rankings, right? I, I think of who the top guy is. I think Barkley is the number one running back this year. With Zeke, though, what I want all of our listeners to pay attention to, I want you to listen to the name Pollard. Okay, the Cowboys drafted this guy, and all I hear around camp here is about how good he's looked, about how how they're going to use him, how they view him as a Kamara-type player uh, for the Cowboys. And then I'm thinking of the Zeke extension. I'm thinking of the fact that his contract is running up. So this can go two ways. Uh, The Cowboys are done with him, and they're like, man, we're just going to let him ride out his contract. We're not going to extend him. We're tired of this. Let's, Let's run the wheels off. Or if they're trying to do the Todd Gurley and extend him and make him one of the highest paid running backs, maybe they look at what happened with Gurley and they're like, man, maybe we know he's the best player, but maybe we 100% are giving him 65% of the load and, and use Pollard, Pollard more too. Two running back sets, whatever that might be, kind of like uh, uh, the New Orleans Saints did with Ingram and Kamara. So that's something everybody needs to pay attention to. And unfortunately, you might not know really to week one or two how that is because I think all three of us know the way preseason works. Zeke probably won't really touch the field much, if at all. So yeah. Pollard's somebody to listen to. If you're in a fantasy draft and you get Zeke, it's that's not the cuff, I don't think. I think they're kind of 1A, 1B. Uh, I think the cuff is the guy from Ohio State, Weber, that they drafted if something was to happen to Zeke, suspension or injury-wise. I think Pollard will have a role regardless, and he's certainly one of my favorite Mr. Irrelevant. So I know this is a lot of Zeke talk, but I'm kind of in the know here. So he is my he 100. If I'm if I'm doing rankings and I'm going to lock myself in a room and, and figure out the math to make this work, he's my number two, and I think that's where he's going to finish. But those are things that we need to 100 note, and that's the story with most of these running backs. Though most of them have a one B, right? Most of them have another guy that's going to take carries anyway. So, I mean, it is what it is. All right, up next, this is more running back news. It's Trenton Cannon. Now, Trenton Cannon is a player I really don't care too much about, but I care a lot about what this article says right here. It says, Cannon and McGuire are on roster bubble for the Jets. So, Matt, we'll start with you, news or noise? I think it's 
noise because they're both on the roster bubble. Um, they just have so many running backs in New York that they're not going to be able to keep them all. They have Ty Montgomery, Lev Bell, Elijah McGuire, Bilal Powell, and Trenton Cannon. That's a lot of names. So it doesn't shock me that two or three are on the roster bubble. The one that sticks is going to be able to play special teams, and that's just not going to help you in fantasy. I wonder. I wonder who that. Let's let's play guess the cuff here. So Lev Bell is a player that has had an injury history, correct? Correct. So we hope maybe a year off helped mend the body, get the body fresh, so that he's out there and he's doing his thing. But one thing that I think that our listeners need to know: we talk a lot about injury. We've, we've you know we battled about it with Marlon Mack, et cetera, et cetera. Is who's the cuff? If if, a, if let's say that four running backs make it because Ty Montgomery's kind of a gadget, does it all, right? Is it Montgomery? Yeah. Would it be McGuire? Would it be Cannon? I don't think it's Bilal Powell, even though he probably looks like he's the safest one to keep his job at this point. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I'm going to go um, Montgomery. I mean, we talked about him a couple episodes ago, and there was a report about him looking good, right? And I just think that it's good to not hear his name on the roster bubble. Right. And for whatever reason, like, he's been a coveted asset in the league. Like, the Ravens traded for him, and then they didn't re-sign him. But then the Jets signed him. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's Montgomery. I I picked him up in, like, a deep dynasty league, actually, also. So. What do you think, Matt? I think that Ty Montgomery would keep whatever role that they have planned for him. I think the cuff would then be Bilal Powell. Um based on usage, I think his stuff would uptick. And I don't know that he's going to touch the field if Bell's out there. I, I think that Montgomery is the guy. And and I'm, I kind of feel like him like I did the Pollard comment, that I think that he'll have a role regardless, possibly. Like, I, I, I need to see it. But that's if I'm, if I'm just throwing a dart last round, you know, and if he's one of the names I'm probably looking at because I've seen him do it. I've seen it with my eyes. I know that he can be productive. I know, Matt, you being from the area, same thing, right? Yeah. Yep. So yep. he does some of the things that Lev Bell does well, so it seems like it would be it would make a lot of sense. So we'll see yep. how that how that pans out there for sure. But I, I personally I think that McGuire is the flyer player though, if he makes the roster because he's shown kinda he's shown to kind of be that waiver wire guy. That guy that could get you a RB2, RB3 production and the flex or whatever. So it's definitely something to pay attention to. I wish we had a better answer, but I think this will resolve itself with the cuts. So unfortunately, you'll be drafting before it resolves itself. So, yeah. Uh, Giovanni Bernard. Bernard, to see his touch count come back up? Question mark. Matt, news or noise? Or question? <laughs> question. Uh, <laughs> I think it's news if it does happen. Um, Lee did a great job a couple of episodes ago. What is actually this report? Uh, like, is this a beat writer saying something or projecting something that he hasn't seen in practice, or where are we at? Let me read it for you. The Thank Athletics' you. Paul Denner predicts that Giovanni Bernard will see 11 through 13 touches per game in 2019. Yeah, it's just some dude guessing um <laughs> so until i see it happen on the field or anything like that i'm not going to put too much stock into it 
Um, but it would stand to reason that you would want to kind of, I mean, we've talked about this with pretty much every running back, just because you lose some of the workload for mixing, I don't think it's a bad thing. Keeping a fresh running back, being able to go a little harder, be more efficient, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. So I think it would be smart if they did it, but I'm not going to put too much stock in this report. What are your thoughts, Lee? Um, yeah, basically exactly what Matt said. Nothing to add. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that with uh, with Geo, that he's the perfect hurry up back. Like he just man, he he just has he just has a burst. But him and Mixon both have been battling the injury bug a little bit. Uh, Mixon is a very Lev Bell like in his ability, so he can kind of do it all. Um, yeah, this is definitely noise. It's from a writer who's just thinking what's going to happen. And generally, that is the case. So it's kind of just a guess because when Geo's healthy, he is going to touch the ball nine to ten times probably. Uh, Geronimo Allison will be dangerous in New O. <laughs> Lee, show yeah, us. I actually, um, I like this report. I'm going to go. I, I forget. I think Roger said this, um, if I'm not mistaken. So I like when your when your quarterback says you're going to be dangerous because that means he's got your eye, he's got his eye on you. And Alex came out with a great article about um, Marcus Valdez scaling, uh-huh. and I do think he'll have a good year too. But I kind of want that Randall Cobb slot guy as opposed to like the threat on the outside when they've already got Devonta Adams. So I'll buy into Allison over uh, scaling. What do you think, Matt? It's news. I mean, anytime. Rodgers has actually a pretty decent track record of kind of calling out who's going to be the fresh new star. Um, Allison had a big year last, like he was on track to have a decent year and then he got hurt. Right. He hasn't put together a full season. So he worries me personally, like unless he's in the double digit rounds, I don't think I would touch Geronimo Allison. Whereas like a Marquez Valdez Scantling, Devonte Adams is going to draw the coverage. So, there's going to be stuff open on the other side of the field. And if he can put together route running the way he's done, he's going to be, I think he's set up for success in that because all of the young receivers there in green Bay, right. Being in Packer country, uh, last preseason, I went to a couple of the games and I was super excited to watch these guys. Cause I did enough research to know they're all really good route runners who can actually the same and that they were fast they were running crisp routes and this was their first preseason game so it was pretty cool to watch i just wish jamon moore could actually catch that's awesome yeah i think that geronimo and and the uh, law firm van i think that they will both be uh i think they'll be both be really good flexes i really do uh if you ask me to guess which one would be the wide receiver two play I would say that I would probably lean Allison more because I'm thinking that Valve Scantling might be a little bit more touchdown de- dependent. I like I said that's just going off what I, you know, that's a gut thing. That's not that's not data. That's just me me talking. So, but I think that both players will be uh, flex worthy for sure. Uh, Patrick Mahomes says he's improved his conditioning. Lee, is this news or noise? Noise. Um, noise. 
don't know. It's like, how much better can you get from like the overall QB one season? So it's good that he's, that he's in better shape. Doesn't really affect his fantasy, I don't think, except maybe a few more rushes. Is all I can think of. What do you think, Matt? Agreed. It's noise, but. <laughs> It is nice to know that he's working on stuff, even though he was QB1. It's nice It's nice to see he's not getting complacent. I'm going to go with noise as well. And now if the report was Patrick Mahomes is now throwing the ball blindfolded, I'd be like, all right, man, let's go. He's bringing a, bringing a new, bringing something else to the bag of tricks. Let's go. He's already throwing no-look passes like he's in the NBA out there. Man, he's so fun to watch. <laughs> he really is. It's, it's awesome. Uh, Dante Foreman. We talked about him last episode. Uh, he's light years ahead of last year. <sighs> Sorry, I grunted because they used light years—a measure of speed. Well, ludicrous or, speed, man. Let's go. Yes. Let's go, spaceballs. Let's start with you. Let's start with you, Matt. What do you? Uh, what do you think about that? <laughs> I think it's news, but I just hate the wording because I'm a nerd. No, <laughs> yeah, it's news that he's like doing what he's kind of supposed to be doing and he's that far ahead of where he was last year it helps when you're healthy to do that so <laughs> i think it's news and lamar miller you're apparently on watch yeah <laughs> lee what are your thoughts yeah it's probably news um I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see how that backfield shakes out i don't necessarily think i want a part of it unless i'm getting foreman like pretty late Right, just because I don't actually know, but it's pretty, it's newsworthy. Yeah, I think Foreman is going to be one of the better late round running backs to pick up because yeah. it's it's going to be in that range where it doesn't kill you if you guess wrong. Like if uh, you know if Matt and I and Lee, if we're all like, hey, we're high on Foreman hypothetically, and it ends up not panning out, I don't think it's going to be in a spot where you're drafting and it's like, oh my gosh, I got to make a trade or I have to shift my lineup. I don't think it will be in a situation like that. I mean, you look every year at players who go in rounds three through 11 and you like when you, if, if I, I urge all of our listeners to go to the archives of the website that you do your drafts on and look at last year's draft. Don't look at the way your roster finished up. Look at what round different players were were drafted in. And it's, it's a total head scratcher. You'll be like, Oh my God. Gosh, that guy was drafted there. It's wild, and it, it'll be, and it's going to happen this year too, one hundred percent. There's yeah, going to be, there's going to be some player we don't know who it's going to be that is drafted way too early, and you're like, what was I thinking? I should have known, and that's why, that's why we podcast. That's why we do it. So let's see. James Connor expects similar role in 2019. Lee, there's been a lot of conflicting reports on this. This is from him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know what's going on because first he says they're going to split the workload and then he says he expects a similar role. Um, so I guess somewhere in the middle. It's news and, and we'll have to go somewhere in the middle. Like he might not see the workload that he saw last year, but it'll definitely be he'll definitely be the head head horse in the in the pen. What do you think, Matt? I don't know what to think anymore. We're trying to listen to James Conner. Apparently he doesn't know. Um he can expect the same role and they can still split the carries, right? I mean, he can still have his usual role just because he says I have this role doesn't mean I'm going to get this many carries. I think it just means he's going to be kind of the lead of the, of the bunch. And then 
the rest of the guys can kind of fight hot-handedness for the scraps that he's going to leave behind? Well, with for me, I just for some reason it, it, you know you have a you have a truther who uh, just plugs the guy. This is my guy. This is my James Conner is the exact opposite of that for me. I am not going to have him in one league. I don't care where it's at. I just have bad vibes about this guy. I'm sure he's a sweet man, and I'm, I'm sorry that I don't like you. But I just, for some reason, I, something telling me to stay away. Now, you look at the data. The data is he did well. The data is he was one of the top running backs. Mike Tomlin uses one running back. He's not a committee guy. So a lot of things point to... The, the, the draft spot is safe, but for some reason, something about it is just, I, I don't know what it is. It's, are you it, not trusting quality of the offense? I know. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be fine. I'm just not trusting the quality of him. Like, okay. I, I've watched, there's a lot of Steeler games on, and I've watched, you know, Red Zone and all that good stuff too. And just w- with my eyes, I don't like what I see from him. Okay. I, I think that if the usage is there, he will give it to you by default. Just because, right. I mean, that's it's kind of like when you, yeah, it's like when you pick up a running back on waivers. They just now they got that role, and that's absolutely fantasy relevant. So, but I, I sure. just have a weird, I don't know what it, my vibe, my vibes are just way off with him. I think that I, I wish I too much stranger things. You got the bad vibes. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> he he belongs in the upside down world. Is what is what it is. <laughs> We got a new nickname for him. He's the Demogorgon. Yes. <laughs> and that's about it. That Nothing else really of, of note too much besides what we talked about last week. So we're going to switch to the RB carousel, or the wide receiver carousel now, and talk about all, all the noise for that. So before we do that, uh, I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about a fully customizable podcast service offered right on creatorrank.com, brought to you by the guys at the CPMC. This service offers a fully customizable podcast for your fantasy football league. They will evaluate rosters, give power rankings, do mock drafts, give out draft grades, draft grades, suggest trades, preview the playoffs, and anything else your league needs. Find them on Twitter at CPMC Podcast and CreatorRank.com slash product slash CPMC. Check those dudes out. So on yes, on to the wide receivers, gentlemen. So this is point five PPR. This is fantasy pros, and we're gonna do the same game we always play. Our objective and our goal is to make sure that pretty much our listeners can archive and go back and listen to our episodes and pretty much hear something about every player. That's what we want to do before before draft season here. So that's the objective and the goal, or as many people as we can. So we're going to start off at rank number 26 is, is Calvin Ridley. And I'm struggling with Calvin Ridley a little bit because I think Calvin Ridley is awesome. And I think that that offense is going to be good. I think people are sleeping on how good the Falcons can actually be, especially if Freeman's healthy and Freeman again. And their offensive line, that was the focus of the free agency. That was the focus of uh, the draft for them as well. But then I'm looking at the names behind him, and I like some of the guys better. So I'm going to say that Calvin Ridley's too high, but I don't think it's a terrible pickup at that point, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like my disclaimer. So, Lee, we'll start with you. Calvin Ridley, 26. What are your thoughts about that ranking for him? Yeah, I think it 
Uh, I want to say it's actually, it might be a little bit too high, but I'm, I'm looking down the list and I can't really see anyone. Like, I, I, they're all like right neck and neck with him. Just because I think that he showed enough last year to definitely up his snap count and up his snap percentage um, and target share for sure. But he can't score like 10 touchdowns again, I don't think. Like, that, that's pretty unrealistic. So, what do you think, Matt? I'm going to preface all of this with. I've already kind of peeked at this block, and there's four names I don't like. So, <laughs> his is not one of them. Um, yeah, all these guys kind of feel very similar. Um, I think he can get, Calvin Ridley specifically, can get better as an NFL wide receiver, but move down in fantasy production right. at the same time. Right. And I, I kind of expect that to happen this year. As Lee mentioned, he's not going to hit 10 touchdowns again. I, I don't see that happening. And if he does, that's a super rare. But losing touchdowns. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, I think he's a smidge too high. There's a few names I like a little better than him, but it's it's not like an absurd ranking. No, it's not like if you pick Calvin Ridley above any of the guys we're about to talk about, you're not foolish. It's not a bad fantasy no. play. I'm a slave. I'm a slave to upside. Like I, I search for it. And you both hit the nail on the head with the touchdowns. Now, can it happen? Sure. Is it plausible? No. Uh, most. I mean, it's it just to think that. He, I mean, that's crazy if he does that, right? And yeah. and there's a lot of things that factored into his touchdowns. So, for me, I think just like you said, I think he's going to improve and be even better. 100-yard games, sure. Like, if you're in a league where you get a bonus for 100-yard games, that's absolutely a guy to keep your eye on. But I like some of the upside with some of the guys that could potentially be number ones that are a little bit below a little bit below him. Yeah, uh, with all of this, I always look at what's most likely to happen. Right. And I don't think 10 touchdowns is very likely to happen for Calvin Ridley nope. again. So. No. So at 27, gentlemen, we have Jarvis Landry. Lee? We'll start with you. It's like, I think I talked about him on a previous episode. I just, I don't know. I don't know, like, if he will benefit from Odell being there and he'll get a lot more targets in the slot or more quality targets or just, like, what is going to happen. So, I think he's probably safe. He's probably pretty safe. Like, he'll get some, he'll get a lot of catches. So, I'll put him there. I, I don't have a problem with it. It's, he confuses me, though. <laughs> what do you think, Matt? I think he's going to have a very safe half PPR floor. I think he's going to be kind of what he was early in his career in Miami, where he's getting a bunch of catches, but not a lot of touchdowns. So here's another guy that's not going to have the touchdown upside. And if he's your wide receiver one, I'm scared. If he's your wide receiver two or flex, I think you're going to be a lot happier with Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I agree. You both hit the uh, you both hit it one hundred percent of the nail on the head there. Uh, Jarvis Landry at this point is super safe. If he's your wide receiver one, that's that's an alarm for me. But it depends on where you're drafting because if you're going name brand and then you get Pettis right after him or fill in the blank, it, maybe it works out right. Maybe it yeah. works out where you have a guy that might rank higher, but the floor is going to be there, man. He is a target monster. Odell's going to be getting the number one cornerback coverage, right? So yeah. he's always been a guy that 
the targets are there. And I think last year, he still did fine last year, not for really where he was drafted. But I think that he did decent being the number one guy. And he's back to being in the role he's more comfortable with where he's not getting shadowed by the number one cornerbacks. I think that's a big thing. So Yeah, last I'm, year I think it was all based on touchdowns that he got he started creeping up that high in ADP. Right. Because the year before he had a bunch of touchdowns and I didn't I mean, I was one of the guys saying, I don't see this happening again. So We've got Tyler Boyd sitting at number twenty eight. Tyler Boyd was a sneaky amazing last year. I mean, he was if you picked, I mean, he was waiver wire pickup week two, three. I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with you, Matt. Tyler Boyd's ranked number twenty eight. Is this too high? Is it just right? Too low? For me, it's too low. I would take him over both Jarvis Landry and Calvin Ridley. Um, I like his skill set. The splits with without AJ Green. Dips a little bit because then he's kind of drawing that number one coverage. But I love his talent. Um, and in Zach Taylor's offense, I think I think the Bengals are actually going to be better than people are saying right now. I just like that offensive scheme. It's a really good division. That, that whole division is going to be very good, I think. Yeah, Lee, yeah it's going to be fun to watch. Lee, what are your thoughts, sir? Yeah, I'm Team Andy Dalton underrated. Um, <laughs> what, like four, three or four years ago when he had his QB1 season, I had him, so maybe I'm a little biased. <laughs> but I also have Tyler Boyd in the league. I traded for him right after the season. I, I really like Boyd. I, I like what he did. It's kind of like that third-year breakout because he always yep. had the talent as a second-round pick. So um, I think that he should continue to pr- improve. And um, with AJ there kind of taking the pressure off him so he can just operate in the slot and maybe a John Ross improvement, I probably would take him over Ridley and, uh, and Jarvis as well. Yeah, I, th- I think that I'm with you guys as well. I think Tyler Boyd has immensely more upside than both, especially especially with a healthy A.J. Green. Like he, man, just he, – he was, he was good all year, but he was different level good when A.J. Green was on the field with him. So yeah. I'm, I'm all about some Tyler Boyd, man. He was a pleasant surprise and part of my uh, – granted, he didn't play in the, in the playoffs because he was injured, but he was part of the championship roster that I put together last year. So I'm also team boy. There you go. Um, another guy that really came on towards the end of the year last year, uh, rough rookie season, starting to figure it out. I'm, I'm team upside, so I'm, I'm a buyer. Mike Williams at 29. I dig it. I like it. I think it's just right. Uh, Lee, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on Mike Williams? Yeah, just right. I really love the upside. Um, obviously, Keenan Allen's pretty elite, but I think Williams showed that he deserves more more work and more targets in that system. So it should be a three-headed monster with uh, Keenan, Mike Williams, and Hunter Henry. So we'll just see how much work each of them can get. What are your thoughts, Matt? Well, Lee just mentioned my one hesitation with Mike Williams and that's Hunter Henry. Does he kind of steal some of the red zone looks Mike Williams thrived on at the end of last year? It's very possible. So, But I love the talent of Mike Williams, so I keep going back and forth in my head of whether or not I like this spot for him or if he's too high or if he's just way too low. I think He's been frustrating for me to rank because he's so darn good um i lean kind of just right if his price starts rising though i'm gonna be off of him 
I'm team Just because of the worry. I'm team Mike Williams, and the reason why I am is because Keenan Allen has shown one thing to me, and that's that the rarity of finishing a season is is a thing. Like there's a lot of like he injury is a thing with Keenan Allen, unfortunately. But he had weird ones. He does it, but for some reason the weird ones keep happening. Now I'm not saying, and and I think Mike Williams is better with Keenan Allen. I'm not saying that I want Keenan Allen to get injured or something weird like that. But and what has Hunter Henry done? Besides, I mean, he's been a, he's been the second wide receiver, and he's been good, and then he's been injured. But we're crowning him as possibly a, a tight end one, a tight end top five, and we're not even sure what his usage is going to be like. Are they going to limit his snaps because he does have an injury history? Are they going to do what they've been doing for years and still use two tight ends? I mean, Grant, don't get me wrong, Hunter Henry's a target. I probably won't get him because people are going to draft him way higher than what I like to do with tight ends. Sure. But I think Mike Williams is is the guy. He's the least expensive of the three. So I'm all about it. I'm you know filling up on running backs while other people are drafting those two, and then I'm getting Mike Williams as my wide receiver two or my flex down the road. I think I think I'm good with it, and I think his upside is immense. Well, the only reason people are crowning Hunter Henry as like this tight end one is because of the historical usage from Philip Rivers. Right. So, We're thinking about what what Antonio Gates last. has been. What's that? We're thinking about what Antonio Gates has done before. And how uh, yeah. great he was for fantasy, for sure. No, I, I, I. But you've also seen the athleticism from Hunter Henry. Oh yeah, you can do it. So, all right, we've got Robbie Anderson at number thirty. I'm team. This is too low. Let's start with you, Matt, on Robbie Anderson. I would wholeheartedly agree that he's too low. If you're projecting a breakout for Sam Darnold, this is the dude that's going to see the bump, in my opinion. So. I would have him over pretty much everyone we just talked about. I agree. Lee? Because <laughs> of the upset. I think he – sorry about that. <laughs> I think he's – Um, I think – I don't know. I, I want to say that he's too low, but I, I like the guys ahead of him better. So I think he's pretty perfect. And that might be a trend for me. I've been looking down this list, and, like, everyone seems to be in a pretty good spot. So maybe I'll just give blurbs about them. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Sam Darnold breakout. You know, someone's got to break out with him. I think it could be Robbie. For sure. Well, that's the that's the interesting thing about this grouping is it's kind of they're all in the right ranking of being tier five. And uh, it's just what order do you want? Who do you favor? Who's less risk, more upside? Because that's what you want when you're getting to these points of the draft. It's who can be the guy that was going to win me the championship. You know who's who's going to be the one that excels. And uh, for me. The way Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson finally started to connect towards the end of the year, that's something I, I want to see, you know. But we talk about the Sam Darnold breakout. Is it going to mess with Darnold? Or let's talk about the negative side of Darnold real quick. Two playbooks in two years, second year in the league, is that going to cause some hiccups? Is it possible that maybe he doesn't do as well as we want him to do to start the year? Or maybe year two at all because he can't pick up the offense? Uh, who was the wide receiver one in Miami last year under Gase? Gase spreads the ball around and uses a lot of gimmicks. Is that something that could hurt him? So I think it's fine, but these are certainly questions that we won't know the answer to until the season starts. Yes, please. I think it's very possible that he does actually have a sophomore slump because Adam Gase's playbook is weird, and (laughs) his quarterback is just kind of funny sometimes. But just to play devil's advocate, 
wide receiver core was doesn't have the talent level that Robbie Anderson does. I agree. And I'm team Robert Robbie Anderson all the way. I just want our listeners no, to be aware of it. Like at this point, I'm totally fine with it. I'm I'm hoping that I have another wide receiver because if Robbie Anderson, if I'm going running back, running back, running back, Robbie Anderson, I, he better do what I want him to do, or I'm in a weird position, right? If I do mm-hmm. running back, running back, wide receiver, Robbie Anderson, I feel a little bit better about my roster construction. I think just in case he's not what we think, and it is that. Um. <laughs> We have the uh, we have oh oh Corey Davis. I move him to the bottom of the list of everybody here personally. He's at thirty one. Lee, let's start with you on Corey Davis. What do you think? Yeah, so um, I've actually just been starting an article about star hunting. Okay. And how you're going to be able to um how you can kind of predict stars. And I kind of came up with a little bit of a model where I took the averages in um, for receivers. It's um, college dominator rating, um, spark spark score, and breakoutage. And I took all the top, um, all the wide receivers who have finished as a wide receiver one at least three times in their okay. career since 2008. So like kind of like the article I, I had I put out um, last week. And yeah, so. He actually f- fits all those thresholds with, um, like, spark score, college dominator, and breakoutage. So, by like, the model, he is a person to look at as kind of a guy who could be a perennial wide receiver one. Obviously, we know that that hasn't been the case. But I will say that he's got all the talent in the world. Um, he was drafted so early because of that. And I think that, you know, if Mariota can put it together, Corey Davis should be that main target. Okay. Matt, what are your thoughts on Corey Davis? I like the analytical side Lee just brought up. I'm going to bring up kind of my whole perspective thoughts on Corey Davis right here. Okay. So I mentioned earlier that there's four names in this grouping I didn't like. Corey Davis is not one of them. The reason being, I think Mariota's in a contract year. He's going to try and be as good as he can to get a contract. Whether or not that's back with Tennessee or not remains to be seen. Okay. And if he's going to break out, I think it's going to be on the back of both Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. So Corey Davis, for everything you mentioned, is a freak athlete. He was a high first-round pick for a reason. Dude's got talent. My only kind of hesitation is what kind of offense does Mike Vrabel actually want to run? And I think that's feed Derrick Henry and let your defense do the talking. So, but Corey Davis is such a good red zone threat that when they get down there, if they do decide to throw, I think it's going to be Corey Davis getting touchdowns. For sure. And, you know, the one pot, the most positive thing you could say about Corey Davis is this is year three, right? And he did flash a little bit last year. He had that one amazing game where he uh, beat the Eagles. So that was nice. I appreciate him for that uh, with his touch, winning touchdown that he had. And uh, I was throwing a jab at Lee there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I definitely I definitely think that Corey Davis is there. I just, man, it's – you know what? I, I think I'm hating. I do think I'm hating with Corey Davis because I had a lot of shares of Corey Davis last year. I think I had him in three of my six leagues because he was such a value. So I think that it's kind of the – the, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm a little bit down on him because it didn't give me the production that I hoped or wanted, I think. And he flashed at the in the playoffs that one year too. Yeah, the year so, before. He's got yeah, he's got talent. 
So number 32, this is probably the least sexy name on the list, I think. Uh, Marvin Jones. Lee, let's start with you. What do you think about Marvin Jones? Yeah, Marvin Jones. Um, another person in my model is Kenny Galladay, actually, which is kind of funny. So he could be, you know, he could break out soon, I think, based on that. And he looked good, I think. But when he got a lot of targets when Marvin Jones wasn't there, but wasn't really able to capitalize on them. So I think that with Jones there, um, he's proven that he's a, a, a consistent deep threat. And he, he probably deserves to be here. It's just like he's not super sexy. He, um, he probably won't have that wide receiver one season. But, you know, he, he uh, should have a lot of deep balls. Yeah, no one's buying Marvin Jones' bathwater, unfortunately. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Matt? I think Marvin Jones is one of those, he's almost like a fantasy football vegetable. And I say that because <laughs> you've got to have a dude like that on your roster where he's going to give you a pretty safe floor. Nobody's going to be like, ooh, good pick when you say Marvin Jones. But... <laughs> I, I think he's going to be relatively safe. And, again, like there's so many dudes in this group that I'm like, ah, you're fine if you have him as like your wide receiver two or whatever. And Marvin Jones is definitely that. Like, he, could, he could easily be the wide receiver one for this team. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I'm good with him. Yeah, I think, I think Marvin Jones is going to be that guy that falls in a lot of drafts too. I think that yeah. because he is – not the sexy pick and people would rather take a Mike Williams or, you know, fill in the blank. Right. I would expect of this grouping. He's the one that kind of falls to tier six. So you might even be have, he might even be a flex or one of your backups. And that's, that's all. I mean, and and I wouldn't even be upset if he was my wide receiver too, because he's delivered and proven that he can be, he's just Mr. Do it. Right. Just gets it done. Just gets it done. Just gets it done. Last year dealt with some health. But uh, yeah, I, uh, there are worse worse situations. He might be the safest one of the grouping, honestly. You know, yeah. speaking of injury, uh, I'm passing on him and letting someone else deal with a headache. But it's certainly exclusive in there. At 33, we have Will Fuller. Lee, what are your thoughts on Will Fuller? Will Fuller is intriguing because I'm trying to stay away from him in Dynasty just because he gets injured every single year. But. <laughs> When he plays, I mean, he's explosive. He, you know, I, Kiki Kuti is a guy who I really like also, so it's kind of like he also has injury problems, so we'll see about that. But when Fuller plays, he's um, a really high upside guy. So he'd be a guy I'd be targeting kind of as like a wide receiver three flex to kind of give me that upside if he can stay healthy and he could move into wide receiver two territory. Okay. Matt? If his price stays down here, I'm going to be a buyer. He is so fast that he burns his own hamstrings off. <laughs> yeah. It's my only worry with him. Light speed. Light speed, he's huh? Get, yeah. He's light years fast. <laughs> so, yeah, if his price stays low, I'm all in. If his price starts creeping up because people realize when he's on the field he's that good and he starts creeping into the little, maybe the next tier up, I'm going to be off of him. Yeah, but I right can't. Here, I'm kind of fine with where Will Fuller's at. See, I'm going with personally. I think that I'm going with a couple of the guys that are below him, over him, just because of the injury. I like to go. I like to stay away from a injury track history. That's me. But this, the proof is there when he's on the field. He is absolutely a wide receiver too. Like, book it. 
It's there. Right. It's, it's going to happen. If he can complete the game and be there, that you've got that from him. Uh, at 34, gentlemen, we have Dante Pettis. Real quick, can I jump in? Yes, please. In a points-per-game basis, Will Fuller's amazing. And since it's a weekly sport, I'm fine with taking the injury risk uh-huh. and knowing I'm going to have to make an adjustment at some point down the road. So that's why I'm a little more high on Will Fuller. Sure. No, that's not a that's not a valid in, that that's a very valid point for sure because it is about winning week one, winning week mm-hmm. two, winning week because you're always going to have to adjust. You can't just draft your lineup and just set it and forget it and think that's going to win you unless you're just in a league of no waivers and everybody's completely casual and just go, goes off of what they got. You know. If that's the case, leave that league immediately. Or or please invite me to that league. <laughs> Uh, Dante Pettis is number thirty-four. I think this is too low. I'm I like Pettis almost. I like Pettis better than I like Robbie Anderson. Uh, let's start with you, Matt. What do you think about Dante Pettis? I love Dante Pettis. I think here's another dude that could easily, vastly outperform where he's being drafted. If the San Francisco offense takes off like we all expected to, he's going to be the main beneficiary in my mind. Um, Kittle's going to be Kittle. He's still going to return that top three tight end value. But Dante Pettis, getting a guy like Debo Samuel to take some coverage away and letting him kind of just grow into this alpha wide receiver, I think you're going to be just fine with Dante Pettis if you go RB heavy. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I really like Pettis. Like It got to a point where I'm a, I'm a big Brandon Cooks truther too. And it got to a point where I was willing to sell Cooks for 105 and Pettis, um, which is probably just not enough value for him. But I really believe in Pettis and Metcalf, actually. So thank God he rejected it. <laughs> he, he, he loves Pettis so much. But yeah, I think, uh, he can be like kind of the second target outside of Kittle. I'm not a big Debo Samuel fan. I'm a big Kyle Shanahan fan. And Pettis, like on tape, just gets open all the time. So I really love yeah. it. Yeah, he's the separation is there. It's documented how awesome he is at separating. So that's something that I want. And then you've got Goodwin, who's out there winning foot races for a million dollars, and you've got uh, just the the platoon of running backs they have. It's should be it should be an, an offense that can move the. I don't know. I want to know what, what points are going to happen. I don't know how good they are going to be in the red zone, but I know about as far as getting chunks of yards. I expect that to be a thing. So um, I'm interested in it. Uh, number 35, we have Sterling Shepard. I think this is too high, personally. And I say that with a question mark with it because I don't want any part, I don't think, of the New York wide receivers. But I think that Tate would be the one I would want if I was gun to my head. You have to pick one. Uh, Sterling Shepard, 35, Matt. Too high, too low? Too high. This is one of the names I actually don't like. Reason being... Who's his quarterback? <laughs> Neither one gives me any confidence that they're going to be able to support a decent wide receiver for fantasy. Saquon Barkley, it's going to be just dominating the volume of the whatever offense this team has. It seems like they're playing for the 2020 draft, so I don't want any part of them. What are your thoughts, and Lee? Lee, real quick, on your trade. The only reason that didn't happen is because Brandon Cooks isn't sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What what do you think, Lee, about uh, Sterling Shepard at 35? 
Yeah, kind of like you guys said. I just say there's so many pass catchers that operate in the middle of the field, like with Engram and Tate and Shepard. I just yeah. I don't understand how they're all going to be successful, and like whether one moves like one moves outside. It's just it's just too much of a. I don't. I just don't. I don't know. I just really don't. Know. So like I I probably take Tate because he's a more talented receiver. Um, over over Shepard, and I think Tate's won a couple spots below. Right below Shepard in these rankings, he is yes. Mm-hmm. And both guys, honestly, because the narrative is that Eli Manning doesn't have it anymore, and that it might be a rookie quarterback taking over at some point that people don't really necessarily think is great anyway. So the narrative might be these guys <laughs> just continue to fall anyway. And if that's yeah. the case, I might be a buyer. So our listeners yeah. need to know that I would take. Dante Pettis over Sterling Shepard. I would take D.D. Westbrook over Sterling Shepard, but if he's available in the 50s, you know, you're around 9, you're around 10, around 11, then yes, because now you're getting him at a bargain possibly, or at least what his value might be. So that's something definitely to keep an eye on because a lot of times uh, even the casual fan kind of sees the narrative. And it's funny because when Lee talks about the route tree in, in, the, in the middle of field, I think of David Johnson last year. Watch, looking on next gen stats and seeing all of David Johnson's run attempts, just being straight at the middle for the the way that it's like. That's why I, I imagine all the routes, just all three guys colliding into each other in the middle of the field, pretty much in, in New York. Uh, we have Christian Kirk, who is also a guy that I think is ranked too low personally. Uh, touchdown wise, I'm not sure what you're going to get from him, but catch wise in a PPR and half point PPR, I think he's going to be fine, and I think you could rank him above some of these guys. We'll start with you, Lee. What are your thoughts on Christian Kirk? I'm not a Christian Kirk believer. I'm going to say it. Okay. I might get some hate for it. I just, I've seen him play. I've I looked at the analytics. I just, he's not a guy that sort of excites me. And two guys that do excite me, um, Andy Isabella, because when I was doing some research for the article, he fulfilled every threshold. Uh, and like for college dominator and um, Sparks score, he's like, Top, he's like elite. He's like 90, 90th percentile. And then Akeem Butler also ended up breaking in college dominator and and Sparks for were both 80, 90 percentile. So those are guys who I really like. I'm a huge Isabella fan. He might not do it this year, but I think he's the guy to the wide receiver to own in that on that team. Matt? If I miss out on Dante Pettis, I'm targeting Christian Kirk. I think the floor with him is going to be pretty darn safe, but the upside is there. Right. Larry Fitzgerald isn't getting any younger, but he is still going to take the attention from the defense. And if this offense takes the step forward that everybody expects with Cliff Kingsbury, I think Christian Kirk is the beneficiary. Between him and David Johnson, there's going to be a lot of those short, quick throws that they can both take to the house because they have the speed. I, I love Christian Kirk's game. So I'm kind of the opposite of Lee where I'm buying in pretty hard. Yeah, I'm hoping that people are kind of down on him a little bit so he falls to where he's like a flex. Uh, imagine mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry's rookie year having him in your flex. Like that's yep. just such a safe point total. I think that with the amount of snaps they want to accomplish, I would Lee, I don't it, it nothing really jumps off the page when I look at him play or I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that guy's a stud." But I just I see the amount of catches he can get. And what the offense is trying to do, so that makes me want to buy at this point. Um, I don't think he's. I think he's too overvalued. Not, not overvalued necessarily, but he's at a point where he like people are like, 
a lot of people are predicting him to break out. Right. So his price is kind of inflated, especially in trades. And that's why like, I prefer Pettis because I think they're being valued. Like the same guy who I tried to trade Pettis, trade, trade for Pettis, also has Kirk and told me that he values Kirk over Pettis. Wow, I don't agree with that at all. I'm team exactly. Pettis. Yeah. Team Pettis over him 100%. I just... I think, like I said, I would take Christian Kirk over Marvin Jones, which might be might be wrong, and I would take him over over Sterling Shepard. I would also take him over number thirty seven, who is Golden Tate, who is the quote unquote the number one we think in New York. Matt, let's uh, give me your thought on Golden Tate at number thirty seven. Too high, too low. Stay away. Just right. Drink the bathwater. What is it? <laughs> um, I just don't see this offense being any good and <laughs> that make like you don't have to own a new york giant wide receiver you don't you don't have to own a seattle seahawk wide receiver either so i wouldn't but that's just me maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe they turn it on and one of them has a bunch of value well, but somebody's got to get targeted right on my team i'm sorry <laughs> right what do you think lee yeah, I mean, I think Tate's the guy I'd want of the pass catchers, and right. I think this is probably a fair price for him just because he did get paid to be a wide receiver one. Like, he got paid a lot of money uh, and for three years, and he's just really good. Like, I, I, you know, I've never really been impressed with Sterling Shepard, but when I, when I see Golden Tate on the field and running routes and catching passes and with the ball after the catch, like, he's, he's really good. So I, I'd buy him. Yeah, I think... At this point, this more than likely is a wide receiver two for you, or or it's your flex if you want wide receiver heavy. I'm good with him where he's at. I, I the target's got to go somewhere, and I think he's shown that he has the ability to turn things in. That being said, I'm probably picking the other guys above him. But if I get if I'm getting sniped, I there's there's worse players I think that could be on your squad. Um, at number thirty eight is a guy that. I think has the talent, but I'm going to pass on him at this point. I think it's too high personally, and I, y'all might want to drop kick me for saying it, but it's Cortland Sutton at number 38. Matt, we'll start with you. Is this is the price right or no? The price is about right, but this is the third name of my four that I don't like. It's been Sterling Shepard, Golan Tate, and this dude so far. I'm not going to spoil who the fourth one is, but uh, <laughs> I just... It's another offense that just worries me. He's good, but he didn't look good when he had his chance last year. Right. So I'm just, I, uh, I can't trust it. <laughs> what do you think, Lee? Yeah, I'm with Matt. I just, he was a very hyped rookie coming out, and he kind of just, I'm not sure if he blew his opportunity because he is a rookie, and it usually takes a little while for rookies to break out obviously but he just did not look good like I was just not impressed when he was on the field so I'll stay yeah. away for now and maybe maybe he'll prove me wrong because he's a he's got high draft pedigree like good intangibles like tall athletic so we'll see but yeah the guy I'm the guy I'm drafting for Denver is uh, Deshaun Hamilton that's the guy I want who is ranked way down the list I'm passing yes. on Sutton and I'm drafting one of these other guys, Dante Pettis, Marvin Jones, and I'm letting somebody else take Sutton because I just didn't see it last year. And uh, he might make a jump, but we're not drafting for mites, right? We're uh, no. we're drafting for value, and we're trying to find the guys. And I know 
Deshaun Hamilton is going to get catches. I saw it last year. So his floor is way better, and you can get him. I don't even – Deshaun Hamilton is ranked 51. Yeah, I was so, going to say, it's in the 50s. Yeah, so, so it's it's far away. Uh, at 39, we have D.D. Westbrook. Matt, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on D.D. at number 39? Fourth of four guys that I don't like, and the reason is Nick Foles, he, I can't trust the dude. He, when he starts, unless he's in Philly, <laughs> he's not good. In right. Kansas City, he had that, like, just – awful stretch he was almost Matt Castle-esque where he had that really good half of a year goes gets starter money and then just doesn't produce and the Jacksonville offense I have no idea what kind of offense they're going to be running other than Leonard Fournette until he breaks and then what so I just uh, it's another offense that I'm I don't really want a piece of unless it's in the backfield what about you Lee um, I will take the Nick Foles slander, first off. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. And, no, I think I do think no, I think Nick Foles is a good quarterback, and I, maybe I'm a little biased because I'm an Eagles fan. But I mean, you are biased. Jared yes. Looks, Jared, Jared Goff looks like a, a first round bust when he was with Jeff Fisher, you know. And like I feel like yeah. a lot of that is the is the system. Like when he went, who's with the Rams actually is when he started. And then he signed right. on as a backup with the Chiefs. Correct. Oh, sorry, sorry, um, sorry. My bad. But he, um, <laughs> so he, he failed in, in L.A., but I think he, from what I hear, he looks pretty good in camp. And so to get to get on to D.D. Westbrook, um, he was a guy who I was really, really happy about or really looking to, like, kind of, as kind of a sleeper. It wor- it's worried me a little bit that he hasn't, um, that has been really news about him, like, in camp. But the guy, the name I've been hearing is Chris Conley. Right. about you guys. Yep. But he's kind of a guy to, to, to look at late, maybe, and as like a late-round flyer. But Westbrook was a, a preseason sleeper, is a preseason sleeper, because he did produce at the end of last year, and he was a Belenikov winner in college, so best wide receiver in the country, and he's fast. and So he's a name to look out for, but it worries me a bit that there's not really any camp hype about him. If you were to list on paper all of the year three wide receivers, right? and you were trying to circle around, which would be a good article maybe for one of you guys, by the way, uh, which are the ones that are primed for the biggest breakout, right? Because that's one of the things that we hear in the fantasy sports community and the NFL community is that the year three for the wide receivers is kind of the make it or break it's probably a, a really harsh, but it's when that the biggest leap for who they might be for the next stretch of four to five years might might be. Uh, I like DD since his rookie year. I thought he's shown ability to be great. He's quick. Um, like you guys, I don't know what to expect from Jacksonville. I'm going to go team too high because this is your wide receiver two flex range. I'd be more comfortable with him being one of my backups. And I'm looking at guys in the 40s, which will break down in two weeks, like Geronimo Allison, Kiki Kute, Curtis Samuel. I'm looking at some guys that I, Deshaun Jackson, no, 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 not doing it. But I'm looking at a few guys where I might take them over him because I like the upside more and uh, right. what I what I think I know about their offense more. So I think it's a little bit too high for DD, but I do think that I do think he's a good player and the ability's there. Uh, number 40 is where we're going to end it today. Uh, I am an age truther, unfortunately, uh, as far as being young. And he has not hit the needle, but man, at 40, 
in this offense, am I is is this too low possibly for Larry Fitzgerald, Matt? It could be. Um, I think it's about right though. This is where I'd feel comfortable taking Larry Fitzgerald. He's another just. It's nobody's going to go. Ooh, nice pick. But he is going to give you kind of a nice safe floor. I think 70, 80 catches is a reasonable expectation. What he does with those, who knows? But you could do worse than Larry Fitzgerald in this realm. What do you think, Lee? I don't know. I feel like we've always said that Larry Fitzgerald is done and, and he's always produced. So I'm a little wary of saying this. But I kind of think he's just there as, more, as a mentor because you, you don't go you don't go out and draft two receivers in the first four rounds if you if you don't think that your your lead guy is probably getting close to retirement. And I think they're going to use it as a bridge. Like Fitz can can mentor these guys and um and you know kind of help help them improve their games. But it looks like uh, the passing of the torch to me. So I'll probably stay away. I like other guys later. All right, that's a fair point. So let me just do a quick test here. Mm-hmm. Larry Fitzgerald or Geronimo Allison? Oh, <laughs> probably Fitz still. Like, um, it's, okay. it's close. Allison at his value, but Fitz earlier, I guess. Larry Fitzgerald or Devin Funchess? It's Fitz still. Larry Fitzgerald or James Washington? Fitz. Still Fitz. Still Fitz. All right. Larry Fitzgerald or Marquez Vald-Scantling? Fitz still for me. Okay. So I, I, I would say it's right for where it's at. You're probably not going to feel great about it, but um, just, yeah. I mean, he, he is probably got the safest floor of all of the names we just mentioned. It's a little bit more constant, and sometimes you just have to go with the data. And it doesn't have to – doesn't always have to feel right. Sometimes you just got to go what's there. And – because of his age, he might be one that people pass on that you get him an even better value than 40, possibly, too. Yeah. Well, all right. That is lineup locked for the week. Uh, next week, I hope you boys are ready. It's going to go deep. We're going to get into running backs 41 through 55. So that is going to be a real fun list right there to, to cover, I believe. Uh, there's going to be some league winners up in there, so I hope everybody's prepared to listen and take notes. As always, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. You can follow these fine people on the Twitter sphere. Uh, Lee is at Dynasty Dingo. Matt is at Matt Reller. The name is the way his name is spelt. That's M A T T R E L L E R. And yes, please check out the website. Lots of good content from these fellows and our other writers coming on a weekly basis. It's uh, something else. And make your own rankings. Check out their rankings. Uh, yeah. You win your you win your league in June. It is now July. Now is when you dominate your league by just getting ahead of the curve and knowing everything you possibly can. As always, thank you for listening. If you have the time, please uh, leave us a review. Tell us what you think. We do this to uh, help give you all the nuggets you need in your noggin to win your league. Let's rock and roll. For, for Lineup Lock, this is Zach, and we are out. Peace.